A tall man arose behind a cluster of ferns. He'd been silently tracking Quinlan all morning long, an assignment given to him by the admission offices at Fort Waldman. He'd watched as Quinlan accidentally killed the Moen pup, and then observed Quinlan staggering back into the creek to submerge his head underwater. Kickback, he thought. Then he watched the giant Moen move down upon the boy while Quinlan was underwater, tracking at a threatening pace. The tall man almost intervened. Almost. Even had his gun out and aimed, but stopped when the kid aimed at the beast and fired. That's when the unthinkable happened. A pellet blasted out of the barrel, zipping through the air fast enough to condense water vapor, making the shot visible to the eye by leaving a V-shaped vortex in its wake. In colloquial terms, it's what's known as a trace. It's impressive and astonishing. And if he hadn't witnessed it, he wouldn't believe it. The kid had dropped an adult Moen with a pellet gun. No fucking way, he thought. No fucking way. He turned and made his way back up the trail. Central is going to flip, he thought. The kid would get admission to Waldman. Hell, full ride in everything. For only one other soldier in history could influence the velocity of Lacenite. Quinlan Cole's dad. God, what stupid irony, he thought. Stupid, stupid, stupid. For on that very day, that very man was scheduled to die. Long live the oath. Now about that oath. Central needed a way to show that long-serving special forces did not threaten its citizens. They had their reasons. In the past, soldiers had been released right after ending their tour. But the soldiers' kill switch hadn't turned off. Random civilians dropped. Protests ensued, legislators bitched, and this was the compromise. Absolute proof that the most dangerous people on the planet would only be used for good and never endanger the public. A higher calling. Country before all. Blah, 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 blah. The real truth is that people loved executions. And while the whole ceremony was public, there was no image. Too messy for that. Just broadcast out through the airwaves. Old school. Radio. A throwback. The soldier thought about this all as he reached the end of the walkway. He made his way into the chamber. A spotlight shone down on him from above. He paused to let his eyes adjust. It's as though Central was trying to recreate heaven. And if so, this was a stupid choice. He was going somewhere else. Welcome, soldier, said the chaplain, speaking through a microphone. The old man stood in a balcony above him. The spotlight obscured him from view. To the soldier, he was pretty much invisible. Alongside the chaplain were three others. One, the premier, a man who rose to power on the back of Lacenite. Two, a CCB anchor, a two-faced spinner of lies. And three, Victor Kraft, a monster of a human, and, coincidentally, the soldier's boss. Anyways, the chaplain continued. We all stand to honor you, he said, to witness your entry into the hallowed hall. The soldier bowed his head. As he did this, he focused his ears on the fat, balding charlatan. The guy always surrounded himself with small boys, and the guy smelled like candy. 
The chaplain was known for filling his pockets full of butterscotch lollipops. He'd then offer them to the children, tell them to just reach into his pocket and grab one. So, yeah, the guy was a sick fuck. And now, at the very end, the soldier had to listen to his voice. Many years ago, I accompanied you as you witnessed your first oath, the chaplain said. You had just returned from a tour, the tiny scar still fresh on your cheek. I recall the greatest struggle that day was keeping a look of pride off your face. Pride my ass, the soldier thought. I had a wicked infection that day thanks to the bum care at the hospital. Not that you'd notice. No, not the great chaplain. You simply caressed my hand and put a candy in it. The soldier thought about telling the guy to fuck right off, but he had to focus. He listened as the chaplain's voice reflected off the stone chamber. He did some quick calculations. Basic triangulation. It's good for finding the center of a circle, the origin of a radio transmission, or, in this case, a single voice in a hall made of stone. 29 degrees up, 2 degrees left. Target 1, he thought. Thank you, chaplain, he answered. The chaplain continued with a final prayer. It was the usual, God is mighty, we are humble, deliver us from evil, and call it a day. Now you'd think there'd be something better for the day you die, the soldier thought. But no, that's not in God's plan. Or at least, not the plan of a chaplain who got by by reading the Cliff Notes version of King James. But the prayer did give the soldier one reason to thank God. It was short. The soldier knew the next part of the charade. He kneeled down on the stone floor, unholstered his gun, and set it in front of him. As per tradition, he had a couple seconds to himself. In the absolute and complete silence, the soldier heard the CCB anchor explain to the listeners that this was called the unbearable silence. Only then did the soldier understand the irony of the phrase. For the only thing anyone in the room or across the nation could hear were the baritone words of the guy, describing the silence aloud. He breathes in, out. There's a focus on his face. He understands the oath. And for that, we will honor him for eternity, the CCB anchor said. For a brief moment, the soldier thought about his family. He hoped his wife kept her promise to never allow news in the house, for he knew this day would come, and he didn't want his son to know about the oath. Not until the kid was older. Not until the kid could understand why his father did what he did. Just take it in. The silence. All of it, continued the anchor. If you ask, thought the soldier, 29 degrees up, 7 degrees right. Target two, he thought. The soldier opened his eyes and took hold of the gun. He lifted it off the ground and up to his head. This was it, the pinnacle of his career, his one shining moment to prove that Lacenite soldiers were honorable. The chaplain looked down from his perch and asked for the final words. May the eternal oath live on. That's what he was supposed to say. He didn't, of course. Instead came the words, Great chaplain, I humbly ask you for a blessing from the vice premier and from my fellow warrior. I know such requests were bequeathed at the oath's inception, and I ask for their guidance once more. 
The words rolled from his lips with absolute confidence. He pictured their eyes expanding as they leaned forward from their perch. He also knew it was a gamble that none of the assembled group bothered to study history to know that his statement was a load of 100% grade A premium bullshit. The chaplain stared at the soldier and swore the great warrior made eye contact with him, though he knew that couldn't possibly be true. But the words were troubling. The warrior can't be this clear in the head. Maybe we were too early with him. So many soldiers at this stage barely got through their lines. He motioned for the CCB anchor to mute his mic. Then he glanced over to the premier. The politician looked back, shrugged his shoulders, and leaned over to him. It can't hurt, whispered the premier. If I pride myself in anything, it's my knowledge of historical matters. And I do recall listening to an old recording during my college days of a politician blessing the soldier in addition to the chaplain. So, so be it, answered the chaplain, hesitantly. Before they made any decisions, though, the two turned to Victor Krath. Fuckers scared, he responded. The chaplain then looked to the anchor. The beautifully made-up man smiled back with a Cheshire grin. Great content, he mouthed before twirling his fingers. Let's keep it rolling. The chaplain smiled back, motioned for his mic to turn back up. It would be an honor, the chaplain proclaimed to the soldier. Your generous effort to the state will be met with generous affection. May our premier speak first. The old man stood. He eased the tension with a light joke. Then he started his speech. The man gave time to each word and thus gave the soldier a most accurate position. 29 degrees up, 5 degrees left. Target 3, he thought. Krath was next. He had a red scar across his face. And Krath wasn't so much of a talker, more just a killer. He spit out some platitudes about honor, about working for a team, about sacrifice. All crap, the soldier thought, but just enough bullshit to find you. 29 degrees up, 2 degrees right. Target 4, he thought. The soldier let a brief smile spread across his face. It appeared for just a split second, and Krath was the only one to catch it. The old warrior felt like something was off. He shifted in his seat. Once more, the chaplain looked down from his perch and asked for the final words, the ones to allow entry into the hallowed hall. May the eternal oath live on. This time, the soldier said it. He took the gun and returned it to his head. While the men gave their prayers, he had switched the gun from single shot to semi-automatic, and no one had noticed. Four quick bursts, he thought, left to right. Let the Lacenites steal their souls. Soldiers would later talk about this shot for years. It become legendary or notorious. All depended on how the person felt politically. But at the moment, all the soldier could think about was the amazing cliffhanger it would give the people listening in. Four gunshots, followed by dead air. I'll probably cut the anchor off mid-sentence, he thought. In the end, the broadcast didn't get clipped. The anchor spoke a final sentence. The entire thing. 
although it was short, just two words in length. Oh, God! 